Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Did you know that there is a horror movie coming out based on The Grinch. Okay, I actually, for some reason, do know this because a radio DJ brought it up the other day. What's the title of that movie? The Mean One. I know, I kind of love that in a weird way. But it's definitely a like a straight-up horror film. Yes. Something about blood. So, uh... Cindy, whose parents were butchered by the mean one (laughs) when she was a kid, is returning to the small town of Fraser Park for closure while her nemesis prowls the neighboring mountain. Okay, so this is basically what happened when the Grinch went from house to house, but instead of stealing Christmas, he was slaughtering people. (laughs) He did run into Cindy Lou Who and gave her that water, but... He spared her. He spared her for some unknown reason. Yeah, and it's yeah. Uh, it's starring... Who watches The Grinch and then goes, there was a horror story behind this? Um, The people that wrote this movie? I guess that's true. It's... I heard there was going to be a dark Barney, but I guess now there's also a dark Grinch. So. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is... I mean, I've, I know about this because it's coming out uh, soon. It's coming out December 15th. Yes, which Just I... Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I guess no one's going to... Be, like. If they market it well, no one's going to take their kids. This sounds, if they, if there's humor, this could be the new Gremlins. Because Gremlins was Christmassy, remember? There's a whole Santa Claus thing. But it was also funny. Yeah, this does not look uh, child-friendly at all. Um, it stars the guy who was in Gotham, if you ever watched that. No, that looks exactly like the Jim Carrey Grinch makeup. Yeah. Yeah, that's like shot for shot that they didn't it's even little, try to make it look It's a little different. darker. It's a little it's more like of a... It's like it's a slightly more like eyebrow working going like on there. like a sludge green. <laughs> All right, now I got to watch the trailer. Thanks, Thanks Kate. You're welcome. Wow. All right, before we start anything else, who are you? I'm Kate. Okay, I'm Betsy. Uh-huh. This is Fuse 8 and Kate. Yes. And what do we do on this podcast? We review horror movies based on children's picture books. I wish that were true. <laughs> you know, you probably could... Get at least two episodes out of that premise. But no, that is not what we do. <laughs> we actually read picture books. Oh. And what what do we determine with them? If they're good. And could be a horror book or not. Or yeah. movie or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I am looking forward to seeing the horror version of today's book because you really wouldn't have to go that far. Okay. This is not a traditional Halloween book. I had it sitting out, and my son, who is, you know, he's now eight. He's, you know, he's too old for picture books. He looked over, he's like, I remember that book. And uh, so this book stays in a child's brain for long after they've seen it. Uh, done by, I think, a guy we've never actually done on the show. So this is very exciting for me. I'm, I'm very excited that we're finally going to do it. Are you oh, ready for this? I'm Are you ready. ready. Are you ready? Bring you it ready? on. Ready? <laughs> 
Doo -doo 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 -doo. Go away, big green monster. Bye. Ed Emberly. That's right. Go away, big green monster. Have you ever heard of this? No. It's a it's a very famous book. It <laughs> came out in 1993. So you missed it. Yep. You were too old for it. I was in the third grade. They would not have read this to third grade. I'm just imagining them reading this to third graders, <laughs> and the third graders just rolling their eyes at it. No. You were too old, but you, you just, it just came barreling down right before you got it. So now you can make up for lost time by reading it now. Okay. Hooray! While Kate does her read, let's talk a little bit about Ed Emberley. First thing to know about Ed Emberley. He's alive. He's not dead yet. And I say that with some amazement because you have to understand, he won a Caldecott honor in 1967 for One Wide River to Cross. And then the next year, he won the Caldecott Award for Drummer Hoff, a book I've been meaning to do with Kate for quite some time. But he may be even better known for his books on how to draw. These books have gotten him so much attention, there was actually a documentary called Ed Emberley's Let's Make a World. His son is Michael Emberley, by the way, a fellow who has a very different art style for his picture books, but he is one of my favorite illustrators working today. And uh, I highly recommend that you have a chance, check out his new easy book from Holiday House called I Did It. It is utterly charming. So you left the room and then I swear you just turned around immediately and just walked right back in this room because it took so little time for you to read this book. I mean, it's... It's not... It's not the longest book I've ever handed you. Th there's not much here. There's not a lot of... There's, not even a, there's kind of a reason I haven't done it before. There's not um, even a title page, Betsy. You open the book and it starts right there. It really does. The publication information is on the inside of the cover. A cover which does not even have a book jacket, I might add. Uh, this is a very rough book in some ways yes yeah you've got like your library stickers on the first page of well, the book well because that weird library does it that way but yes <laughs> yes that is that is correct the library has put its barcode on the first literally the first page of the book yes under which it says big green monster has two big yellow eyes can and... i can i um can i give a little uh little reading tip on this one? Oh sure this sorry is, this is how this is how i would do it uh -huh. big green monster has two big yellow eyes okay. that's how you do it for story time yeah yeah all right so it's got two eyes and uh... it does have two <laughs> eyes we have established the eyes which are it's, are they the last thing to go uh yeah yeah so there you go it's... eyes go in eyes go out it's very uh but but the but the pattern isn't consistent. Like, no, it's not. I think it can't be because me. well, I think there's a reason for that. I think it depends on how the body parts appear and disappear because in some ways they couldn't for the book to work, for the cutouts to work, for the nose that's attached to the head, for the hair I think you have to ch He must have tried to keep it in the same order. It and bothers I think he, my, I, my OCD so much I that I'm like... I know it does, but I think it why? logistically okay. to construct I think we're jumping book, ahead here. Okay, but yes, continue. People, we don't even know the premise, Kate. Well, people might not know this book. So this book... They may not, yes. This book has cutouts. It's like Hungry Caterpillar's got cutouts. This has cutouts. Except this is more sophisticated. The Hungry Caterpillar cutouts, you wouldn't necessarily... I guess you need them for like when he eats through stuff. But this has, like, the cutouts are the story yes. of this. Yeah. So we start off with, like, two holes cut out in the page, mm -hmm. uh, and you can see yellow eyes, right? 
You turn the page, and then it says there's a long, bluish, greenish nose. What would you say that nose reminds you of? Uh, Bert. Yes! It's a Bert nose. Thank you. You're you, welcome. I'm sorry. I'm very excited that you got that correct. I'm just I mean, really excited. Is there it. anything else? It's. I don't think anybody's got a nose like Bert. So yeah. No. Yeah. Um, then it says, uh, a a big red mouth with sharp white teeth. All right. So we got a yeah, mouth. It is now. a big. That we is. We got a eyes. Big... We got a nose. We got a mouth. So here's the thing. So the book is constructing a monster as you go yeah like it's like it's it's coming its facial features are coming into play but since this is a book for like very young kids that you'd read aloud in a story time or something it can't be that scary like it's like it's gotta be like scary but not scary scary so i feel like he has to sort of walk a cartoonish line here to I, be, yeah i was waiting for like i wanted to turn the page and it's a and he has a weird brown mole <laughs> and a big red rash that a doctor should probably look at. And the knuckle bones of his enemies. Like, what? <laughs> also, this this paper feels super weird. It's got to not rip. Oh. It's a real trick. Because look how thin the paper is between, like, write that page right there. So between the eyes and the nose, see how thin thin that is yeah. between the eyes and the no between but, the eyes and the nose but it, it feels like one side is smooth and the other side almost feels rough that's interesting i wonder if that is too because one thing you don't want to do when you do this book is you don't want the page you know how like you open a book and like the pages will automatically turn just because they're attached to a spine and and that's the way they go is it being done that way to keep the pages from collapsing in on themselves in some way as you're reading it i don't know I don't know. I just, I was going through it and I wrote in my notes, paper feels weird. Paper feels weird. <laughs> it's true. But it, this one, at least at this new edition, this has not ripped yet. No, no. Uh, right. So we've, uh, we've covered the, uh, the big mouth with the sharp white We teeth definitely covered that, yes. And the weird brown mole and the- There's uh, no weird brown mole. Sure there is. Not and, even a thing. And two little squiggly ears. I love the squiggly ears. That takes the scariness like right out. Like a kid might be nervous with that mouth, but then you get to Squiggly ears, and that is and not scary. Scraggly purple hair. I think it's an excellent use of the word scraggly. Didn't even know that was a word. Before I think I... I don't know that I knew it either until I, I read this book, I'm and now sure I use it all the time in conversation. Nope. Look at that scraggly man over there. I would say. <laughs> you have to comment on the hair. It's scraggly full the, hair. Full of the scraggles he is. Right, and then you turn the page, and then it says, "and a big scary green face." And I'm like, mm -hmm. "Wait a minute! Why would the monster have a green face but a bluish greenish nose? Why couldn't the face be a different color? This, it's not. It's not. Maybe his nose was green, and then it got a lot of sun." And it faded to the, more of a blue. Well, the ears and the nose are the same color. Oh, that's weird. So cartilage in monsters is different than skin. But why couldn't it be like a more contrasting color? Like he couldn't you, say, wait, what type, what color did they call the ears? Oh, they didn't call the ears a color, did they? No, they didn't call them a so color. So when he calls in something a color, the color always has to be different from the colors that he called before. So he couldn't possibly say green twice. But, but he could have said emerald though. The face shouldn't have been green, or the nose and ears shouldn't have been a bluish green. Like, make something more contrasting. You can't even see the nose against this face That's from true. far away. If you were to make that nose a different color, what color would you make it? I mean, well, what color? Ha we haven't done orange yet? Yeah, I was thinking the orange myself. Or, or of course, that... I would make him look sobered. That's Maybe okay. it was. You know what? There's my theory. I have no reason to bag this up. <laughs> it was orange. 
initially, which would make a lot more sense. Orange going and against... And then he was going to get sued. <laughs> no, his editor was like, dude, that nose, the only thing a person thinks of when they see it is Bert. Bert has an orange nose. You cannot associate your Bert, bo- your Bert with book, your book with Bert. <laughs> Why not, Change though? the nose color. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to change the nose color. And they're like, change the nose color. And he's like, fine. It's bluish greenish. And they're like, the face is green. It's like, I don't care. Well, you then, took away my orange nose. Why not make it blue? Why? I am a little weird that it's not blue. It's, I don't know. I, Did he not have enough blue paper? I, he just had this bluish greenish paper? I don't know. I feel Unclear. like this was a missed opportunity. Here. I agree with you, and I think it should have been orange, but I also think people would have thought it was Bert. So now that we've seen the whole face, you turn the page and it says, but you don't scare me, so go away, scraggly purple hair. Now, um, if ever you want to tell someone to go away, yeah. you need to do it by describing their hair, which then makes them feel super self-conscious. And then they run away. Yeah. Yeah. What Like if someone said you... Like if I said to you, Betsy, get away from me with your scraggly brown hair, you'd be like, the first thing you think of is like, what's wrong with my hair? Yeah, I'm going to go run into the look in the mirror right now because obviously something weird going on. But you'll go away to look in the mirror. I will go away. I will go away to a mirror unless I'm in the room with a mirror, in which case you should have thought of that before you insulted my freaking hair. So this is just telling, this is teaching kids, insult people's hair to get them to go away. Precisely. Also, (laughs) I must point out that what's so interesting about this is that the creation of the monster, let's say it's the creation of the monster that children fear. Like, what the, your inner monster. Like, it's created your inner monster. And now you have the power to dismiss it. But my thing is that the dismissing of the monster is far more frightening than the conjuring of the monster. Like, if... Okay, this is probably because there was an old Sesame Street piece about an orange that was making a face to Carmen's, uh, you know, main song from the opera Carmen. You know how it is. Anyway, this orange was going around making different parts of his face, and then it sings a high note. Yes, yes. She's singing the words, though, which who knows what those are. And then she hits a high note at the end, and her entire face flows up. Yes. Her face flies off. I'm putting this in the show note. Her face flies off, and as a kid, I was so scared that every time I knew that face was going to fly off, I left the room. Because I was so terrified. you never ate oranges. I never really did. Anyway, don't think that's related. (laughs) My point is that a face going away can be terrifying to a certain type of child. Well, that's why you start with the hair. That's true. Hair going away is not scary. Yep. Yeah. And then you you move on to the ears. You say, Mm -hmm. go away, squiggly, little squiggly ears. And then it should be the mouth going away. But because the ears were the same color as the nose... That is yeah, why that's the nose where he has gets tied up. Because I should point out, what is happening is to make each facial feature, because you're only looking at one face in this entire book. Um, from the start to the end, it's just the same facial features that appear and disappear. And the way they disappear is they are part of the same color of the page itself that is being removed, uh, which is a little hard to describe. You'd have to see it in a YouTube video or something. But anyway, at this point, yeah, the nose has to go because because it was because first the ears because it was the ears first and they were the same color and they were the same and color. it was a cutout in the purple to that blue and now the blue has to go yeah and now it's saying to go away with the green face and then I always found the face weird to go before anything else you would think the face would be the last thing to go but yeah. well and then the mouth it's telling the mouth oh to and go. the mouth this is the most frightening picture in the entire book is and then it's it, just teeth and, and eyes. eyes and that is terrifying. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, it would be more terrifying if there was a mouth around those teeth, but yes. 
Well, yeah. So then it tells the teeth to go away. Now it's just glowing. And then it says, go away, two big yellow eyes. And then it says, go away. And so now we just have the pupils. Yeah, just just the floating pupils. and The irises, really, if you think about it. Yeah. And then it says, go away, big green monster. And you and the very back of the book, like <laughs> on the back cover, on the back we cover, ran out of pages. It says, "And don't come back until I say so." In which I'm like, "Wait a minute, why would you want it to come back? And why did it come in the first place?" Because you conjured it. You invoked it by saying its body part. It's like Candyman. If you called Candyman by saying every single one of his, instead of saying his name three times, you just called every one of his body parts. I don't... Uh, nose, nose, nose. I feel like eyes, eyes, eyes. this monster came here for a reason. It hasn't got a chance to say anything. It gets insulted because it's it not its fault it has purple scraggly hair. That's true. And now and it's embarrassed and now it's just going to go away. And then, then the little kid's going to be like, and I'll call you back when I want you back. And the monster's going to be like, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm never going to come but back. But he's always going to come back because he's in this book. He's trapped in this book and he has to come back whenever you read the book. Oh. Also, I should say, yeah, I know. It's, see, it's perfect sad. horror film no, well, material. It is. It would be. It would be. It's it like the Babadook, but he's got scraggly purple hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna work. I don't know if it is either. That's funny. Um, yeah, this is not the only big green monster book out there, by the way. There, it was. You know, as I say, it came out in '93. Huge hit. Huge hit. A story time staple. Let me tell you. You can retire early if you write a picture book that everybody does in story time for years and years to come. That is the secret, my friend. And everybody did this one. And so eventually, like a shockingly long amount of time later, he decided to make some sequels. Um, The one that I remember is Nighty Night Little Green Monster, where you're conjuring up a baby monster, which is not terrifying. But on the back of this book, it has a picture of that cover. Yeah. And the little green monster just has one purple <laughs> scraggly just, hair. One scraggly curl. Just one. on the top of his head. I wonder if it gets insulted, He's also too. got one sharp tooth. <laughs> That's all he has. He just has one sharp tooth. It's pretty tooth. cute. It's, it's actually shockingly adorable. Um, you're, then you begin to wonder, like, what is his relationship? To the big green monster. Is he the son of the big green monster? Is he the big green monster as a child? Do big green monsters all start out as these little green monsters? We don't know. Hmm. What is the etymology of big green monsters? That's all I want to know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Ed Emberly is not answering my questions. Uh, There was also glad monster, sad monster, bye bye big, no, yeah, bye bye big bad bully bug. Say that that ten times fast. (laughs) And if you're a monster and you know it. Which, at which point hand. he just sort of like did away with the entire <laughs> premise of the series, which is fine because he made it up in the first place. He can do whatever he wants. Yep. Ratings time. So this is definitely for younger kids. Oh, much younger. And not necessarily a Halloween book. Not even. But if this were a horror movie, oh man. Right? It would be awesome. Right? It would have to be a very short one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was onto something with the Babadook there. I think there's definitely some similarities. Because isn't there like a children's book in the Babadook too? Yeah, there is. Yeah. So this is short. It teaches color. But I feel like it could do... And body parts. I feel like it could do more. You have a giant page and the cutouts only take up half of the page. You could have had the text on the opposite page and taken advantage of that full page and added other body parts. Um... But 
I don't know. I'm not a mom, and I'm not a teacher, and I'm not a librarian, so I'm sure young kids like this for story time, but for me, it was just meh, so I gave it a four. Okay, so I love this book. The only reason I hadn't done it with you before is because there's really not a ton of A, details. Nope. Or story. Nope. And yet it is, I would argue, one of the most successful picture books of all time. So it successful is, does not mean classic. Uh, but it isn't uh, something, it helps to consider it. It, yes, can, it teaches colors. It teaches body parts. And its construction is brilliant, quite frankly. And it frankly. teaches insulting people's hair. Well, mm -hmm. big green monster's hair. So if you run into a big green monster that has purple hair, insult away, kids. <laughs> I... I, I do not hold it against you. Take that, Sully. Um, but <laughs> sorry, Sully had it coming. He has scraggly blue hair. So in any case, uh, it works really, really well. It, you know, it was created for a specific purpose. It does its purpose exceedingly well. It is fun to read out loud. It is, uh, I consider it an absolute classic. I, I'm giving it an eight. Oh my gosh. An eight. That's a bit much, but uh, it is not. In it fact, is. for it a is book that perfect... has no plot, no story, yeah. no details, and yet, in spite of all those things that would usually be things that would detract, detract from it, it has ended up being as good as it is. Well, with our score combined, it's a classic. Yay! It's a classic! All right, letters time. Uh, we don't really have anything specific, but we got a lot of reactions to the last book that we did. Matilda, who told lies and was burned to death by, you know, Belloc. Right. And so here's the thing. Uh, turns out a lot of people had never heard of this one. Now, they'd heard of other books that had been based off of Belloc poems. Usually they involve some child being eaten. Um, but in this particular case, they did not know this one and they wanted it. It was a huge hit. We had this one person who was like asking like, where can I buy a copy of either of these editions? Now I did some searching around and I found out, A, you, these are both out of print. You cannot buy them for, you know, love or money. I mean, you could probably find a used edition somewhere and probably cost the earth, but if you really are That's dedicated. That's what eBay is for. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, that makes it all the more remarkable that they were in my library system and still circulating to this day because they're really the only two versions, picture book-wise, in America, or probably anywhere, that exist of this particular poem. Uh, I thought maybe there'd be some other editions that were not in my consortium, and that's, you know, I, we could talk about that. Nope, these are the only, the only two that were ever made of it. And uh, we didn't get any objections. We didn't get anybody who was like, bye. Listen to your podcast every week, and I can't believe you would say it was okay for little girls to burn to death. How dare you? My, no, my Everyone's... child listens to your podcast yes. weekly, and now she wants to tell lies. And and she weeps. She weeps because she's afraid that if she does tell the lies, the to, house will burn. I have to explain to her what a prank phone call is, but. Uh... <laughs> Well, and I, I apologize, I did not in the Instagram uh, show the pictures of the phone, which I meant to do. However, we did learn that there is such an Instagram account as Rotary Dial Phones Illustrated, and uh, that almost made it worth it right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I was in your library. Yes, I, I have one. Uh, yeah, you do. Mm, and, I do. I and, and you had a display section on death. We did, and, yes. And you had a book on display called 
Will my cat eat my eyeballs? Big questions from tiny mortals about death. That is correct, yes. And it got my attention. It, it would do that. It sort of calculated to do yep. that, yeah. So it's by Caitlin Doughty, who I think I mentioned her years ago as my grown-up thing because she's a mortician and has a YouTube series called Ask a Mortician. Yes. And she also wrote a book called Smoke in Your Eyes. Well, for this book, she took 34 death questions from kids and answers them. And I've got to say, <laughs> kids can be pretty brilliant and quite morbid. So oh, yeah, some of the questions are like, we eat dead chickens, why not dead people? Or can I keep my parents' skull after they die? Or my personal favorite, I, mean, I would love that. What would happen if you swallowed a bag of popcorn before you died and were cremated? <laughs> What temperature do you think popcorn pops? Well, yeah, spoiler alert, um, the popcorn has to be dry, and when it, if it's in your stomach, it's definitely not dry. Right. And unless, also, you put it, unless you swallowed a bag of popcorn. No, she said you'd have to swallow at least a gallon, <gasps> I think a gallon and a half or something to even do anything, but even then, nothing would happen. XKCD. And the noise is so loud that you wouldn't be able to hear it. The only time you can actually hear a noise happen when something's being cremated is when there's like a pacemaker stuck <gasps> in. Oh no. Yeah, because that explodes. She has a very sarcastic sense of humor, so it's a really fun but also educational read. And she's having a webinar on Wednesday, November 16th at 7 p.m. And it's hosted by Illinois Libraries Present. But I think we should put the link to register in the show notes because it's via Zoom. So you don't have to be in Illinois to attend. Oh, that's good. Like, one of the options is, where did you hear from yes, this? Right. And you can select one of the libraries in Illinois, or you can also select other. <laughs> right. So, yes. And you can also submit a question to ask, which I, I submitted my question, what story... Uh, or what question did you get from a kid that you didn't include in the book? Oh, that's Because nice. I'd be interested to hear. That's really good. I like those kind of questions. Like, what didn't make the final cut? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's my grown-up thing. That's really neat. The book, Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Nice. And that's perfect for this creepy month of, you know, of... Uh, Halloween. It's not the month of Halloween. It's, it's the month of Halloween. All right, it's the month of Halloween. It's just, that's just it's the it. entire it's, month. Yeah, it's the entire month. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Well, mine is also along the creepy lines here. Uh, I have a new podcast that I'm listening to. Oh, and you're I thought like, you were saying oh. that you were starting, and I was like, girl, oh, no. you've got too many podcasts. No, 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 no. You no, need no, to no, scale no, it no. down. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not announcing it either. No, no. This is a new podcast I'm listening to. Ah. It's another one of my favorite things. It's a science podcast, and this one's called SciShow Tangents. SciShow Tangents is basically wait, what it wait, sounds is like. Wait, is it side, like S-I-D-E? No, S-C-I, like science. Oh, got it. So like the science show tangents, got essentially. It. Okay. And what that means is that you have people who will suddenly bring up like different kind of weird questions, and then someone might just go on a weird tangent. Like, did you know that slime is just one molecule, but it's, that's why it has that weird property to stick together? Apparently this is true. So, um... In you know, for the month of October, they try to do sort of Halloween-inspired topics, and the most recent one I listened to was Creepy Crawlies, in which they got onto quite a couple tangents trying to figure out what constitutes a creepy crawly, uh, because one of the earliest written accounts of a creepy crawly named a just-born baby kangaroo as a creepy crawly. Have you ever seen a just-born baby kangaroo when it has to crawl up its mother to get into the pouch? Yeah. I think that kind of counts. It's definitely crawling, and it is 
freaking creepy. But yeah, you'd usually think of like spiders right. and, and insects. Do, uh, or... What about worms? Do worms crawl? Right, that's the question. I mean, they slither. They don't really, they're not like an inchworm. I wouldn't think of a snake as a creepy crawly. You would not. Okay, because there was a debate whether or not a spine kept you, or a mammal, if it's, if you had a spine or if you were a mammal, if that precluded you from being included as a creepy crawl. You see, this is useful information that a person <laughs> can use in their day-to-day life. So sure. I highly recommend it. Uh, one of the hosts is Hank Green, who's one of the Green brothers from, you know, uh, you know, John Green and, and Hank Green. So I uh, highly recommend it. It's called Sci Show Tangents. And uh, boy, they've got a lot of episodes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we have one more episode left for the month of Halloween. I have a book. I have a book. I... It's got to be the scariest, creepiest, <sighs> like the most jaw-dropping book for the month. Because it's going to be, this. the next episode's going to air on Halloween. For A, that's that's way too much pressure. B, I think <laughs> I I think I peaked with Matilda. <laughs> I, think, oh. uh, uh, I think Matilda, I should have saved that one for the end of the month in yeah. retrospect. Because that was kind of the top good. of the pops. It's going to be a hard one to beat. I'll do what I can. Okay. I have one in mind. We'll see how it do. Uh, but I'm just I'm just gonna lower your expectations a little bit because Matilda was so so good. Okay. <laughs> and until I find another book that is so so good, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse eight kate. That's fuse number eight kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate your podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our big green Drewster is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.